so it's called I'm All Ears. Yep. Yeah, it's on now. Yep. Uh, testing out the sound. <laughs> the guest needs to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bit like what Josh Earl does. He asks you to tell... tell uh... Oh, okay, mate. None of my ideas are original. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Hey, it's Ella here. This episode uh, was great, uh, except there's a couple of weird cuts because uh, the audio recorder was stuffing up a little bit. Other than that, it's real good. Check it out. Uh, hi, and welcome back to another episode of I'm All Ears with me, Goxie. And uh, me, Serlo, or Ben Serl. I don't know. Do I do I go with the nickname as well? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, mate. We're going, we're going nickname <laughs> in here. Uh, yep. And... Uh, so today our special guest is host of Triple J's Punk Show, Josh Merriel. Welcome, Josh. G'day, mates. How are you? Very good, thank you. That's good. I'm, like, I'm liking Goxie and Serlo. I'm not going to lie. Goxie <laughs> and Serlo has a really good ring to it. It's just very ocker. Like you can, you just know exactly what these two guys. Are about. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you're an Aussie bloke, you can either add Y or O to your surname. Yeah. I've gone with the Y. Yeah. Yeah. Goxie, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just, uh, give our listeners, cause this is not a audio podcast. <laughs> ah, sorry. Visual. Yeah. Definitely... I can't even get that right. That's I'm, all right. That's all right. I didn't finish TAFE, people, but, um, <laughs> you're, you're, because we don't have visuals, you're, we, we're going to do a photo. Anyway, uh, you're in a little, little bit of pain. Is I'm, that a, right? I'm, pain? I'm feeling a little bit tender at the moment, mate. I got my, my entire chest tattooed yesterday. Ouch. And, uh. See, I'm saying ouch and I'm not even the one. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> my, my tattooist has done like both my ribs. And so he knows that I can sit quite well. Like I can, I can harden up for a lot of stuff. But even yesterday, like I was, <laughs> like st- sternum may be the worst thing I've ever experienced. Like I've got my stomach, my feet, my elbows, like all the worst places done. Oof. And I reckon sternum may be the worst thing I've ever experienced. And, and the hardest, and it's like, and now you got to take your shirt off to show people, you know, hundred percent. Like, <laughs> the, the, the most painful ones aren't even in like spots can be easily seen. You know? Did I feel like the ultimate compliment from a tattooist is you sat like a rock. hundred percent. Like whenever they say that, you're just like, yeah. I feel validated. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of it, he was like, that was a tough session. You made it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I did. Yes, I did. I bet you tell all your customers. <laughs> <laughs> now he told me before and he's like, there's two different ways that they could do it. It's like for, for tattoos like this, he's like for people that flinch, like they'll, they'll like do a, like a quick shade of the whole thing and like then come back it'll take longer but it's like it's a lot less painful he's like oh there's the more painful way but it's quicker and like a couple lines in, i was like we're going the more painful way aren't we he's like yes we are <laughs> and i feel like that would be the more like the, the tattoo would stay longer if yeah. it's done the more painful way yeah, like, yeah. it's just really it's, in it's, there. it's it's not going anywhere it's like the like uh, across my stomach i was a you know a, a little rebel as a kid and i have god is dead tattooed in like big script across my stomach Hell and yeah. like any any artist that i tell that to they're like who did it it's this dude called Rob who works at Dynamic Tattoo and everyone swears afterwards he's like he has the heaviest hands in Melbourne yeah. so I was like that would have hurt like a bitch he's like it's the only tattoo I've ever tapped out of like was <laughs> literally got like got the line work done got about half filled and I was like nah can- I cannot cannot take another second but mm. yeah it's not going anywhere so it's a start I love that how the the kind of like the word spreads around the scene about like the yeah. tattoo scene heavy hands yeah heavy I'm, hands is I've already learned something like having you here that's something I've learned <laughs> And and that's not such a bad thing. Like he's a very, very good tattooist. Don't ever get me wrong, but it's like, he makes sure that the the ink is in there and it's not leaving. I was like, nuts. It's it's definitely not going anywhere. (laughs) Well, uh, that's your, 
your physical pain that you're um, sacrificing to be here. I, I'm, I've ac- I've sacrificed as well. It's it's my girlfriend's birthday today, so good. The, the, I think the pain will come later when when she uses that against me <laughs> yeah. that, that I'm doing a podcast on her birthday. But I will say we we did our our couple things last night. Went to went to dinner. And went to see Bad Boys for Life. You just, so. want, this, you just want this recorded, or like yeah, so you can yeah, play it back to it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Proof in the relationship. <laughs> but yeah, saw Bad Boys for Life. So as as every good boyfriend should take his yep, girlfriend to do on the night before. A, it's a very romantic, very romantic movie. I'm sure. Um, yeah. How was it? Um, it's good. Out of five. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just telling Josh before the front, like. Sometimes you can dissect things too much because it's not a good movie in <laughs> terms of quality, but it is like just Bit you know fun. like leave your brain at the door. Yeah. Um, to be fun. F- yeah. to be fair though, I don't think any, I don't think there's a single Michael Bay movie that is a good movie. Like like Transformers, I will what? Ah, here's one of those cuts I was talking about. Let's get back to it. To be fair, though, I think like the, the, there's not really such thing as a good Michael Bay film. Like Michael Bay is not winning Academy Awards anytime soon. Like, like I will watch Transformers, I will enjoy Bad Boys, but they are not good films. <laughs> yeah, but that's what like that's what I'm saying. We dissect these things yeah. too much. Where, yeah. like, people talk about yeah, yeah, you got like good scripts and good directing. And what about just sick car chases <laughs> and things exploding and and like it has. All those, it's almost like going back to the 90s with those like shitty, cheesy one liners yeah. and that. Yeah. You just won from an action movie. But I've probably watched those films more times. Like, my most watched film of all time is probably Starship Troopers, and that's not a good film. Like, like that is a tongue in cheek, mm. bad film. Like, but it's just funny to watch. Yeah. No? <laughs> and, I, and I reckon, like, because, like, going for a date to it, and it, it, it makes you chat with each other. Because, like, <laughs> like, you turn to each other and, like, when there's a just. Uh, Nonsensical twist. Mm. It's like what? You know, you look to each other. Whereas it's a bit of bit of fun. You like, don't get that with your Oscar bait. Like, like <laughs> yeah, if it was some hey, deep, he's really yeah. playing that autistic character. Well, I was like, yeah, if it was some deep period piece, like you're you're sitting there in silence, like you're not really talking. Yeah. Whereas like you can talk during a Michael Bay film, and yeah. no one's gonna care. Shit, things bring things a bit together. <laughs> you know? um, so I mean, most people would know you from on the radio and things like that. How long has it been now? It's it's funny you should ask that because this year is actually 20 years for me on radio. Really? I am an old, old man. I, I started on community radio when I was 13 years old. Well, geez, so, that's an early start. Yeah. What did you start with? You're the, you're the silver chair <laughs> of radio, radio dude. Uh, it was a community station that doesn't exist anymore called Street FM, which mm. was like a – it was like a – it was an interesting thing. It was one of those community stations. It was ran by a, a, a dude called Elias, and Elias was a he was homeless originally, and then he he managed to get off the streets through the the Sacred Heart mission, and then he started this kind of like dance music radio station. Wow! And it was like, yeah, he he's the one that gave uh, you know two thirteen year old kids like me and my mate Brendan a, a shot doing like. I think it was like 9am till 11am on a Sunday morning playing mm. dance music. And like, I would be terrified to hear those first recordings. <laughs> like, you're on Street FM. My name's Josh. And, and this, this is a song. And then boy, like that would be some of the worst radio you've ever heard in you your life. You put a but few 
phone books on the seat to yeah, reach the mic. Pretty that. much. Where, where was that based? Where was uh, it? In uh, Nutter Warding where they shoot Neighbours. Oh, so is that right. in those studio? I forget the name of the studios now, but like, yeah, in the same studio sets as they had that, they had like a little radio booth. Did you get like Toadie and... But ironically, and- Toadie like walked through, like, because I think Toadie at one point Neighbours became a DJ and he literally like walked in while we were having a meeting once, like beer in each hand and it was just kind of like, can anyone here teach me how to DJ? <laughs> and then, yeah, so the DJing that he does in Neighbours is because of... Uh, I think it was DJ Big M at Street <laughs> FM. So this oh, yeah. is man, this is going back. Like fuck, I haven't thought about this shit in years. Yeah, um, that's what we that's what we do here at Amelie. Just get <laughs> bring out rep- repressed memory. Repressed memories. Well, actually, I shouldn't use the word repressed. That's got a negative connotation. Yeah, just forgotten about like long forgotten memories. But yeah, I did that for a couple of years, and then Street FM sort of wrapped up, and then I was on uh, Sin FM, which is still going at the moment, yep. and they have like Thursday nights as punk metal night for them. And so myself and another guy called Josh had a, a show called Works in Theory because the idea of us on radio works in theory doesn't work in practice though. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like outlandish. Like for a long time it was, yeah, it, it was heaps and heaps of fun. But yeah, so we, we did that for a couple of years and like I ran Punk Metal Night on that for quite a few years. And, awesome. and then, yeah, wrapped up that. And now like, yeah, Triple J have been out for seven years now. This is my, no, eight years because it's my sixth. No, it's my fifth doing short fuss out, I think, or sixth. <laughs> one or the other. And then I did two years of like the middle of the nights beforehand, it's like the one AM to six AM shift. Cool. So And that all and that came out of Sin as well, to, to triple J. Uh no, we kind of we we wanted to leave Sin on like a high note because like, like works in theory can be gone for quite a while and like I, I kinda wanted to leave that when mm. it was still good rather than kind of burning out on that. Yeah, for sure. And so we'd probably stopped for maybe a year or something like that and hadn't really done anything and then uh Josh hit me up one day, said that they were looking for a new host for the racket like like the, there was like a competition um yeah to take over the host for the racket and like he's like we should apply for it i was like 100 percent, we should and so the first thing you had to do was record like a five minute bit about your favorite like metal cd or like your favorite metal album and so we chose uh three inches of blood's advance and vanquish because that album is incredible <laughs> um oh you don't have to tell me mate <laughs> it's right up there with my favorite three yeah. inches of blood album yeah, right. uh, Wait, uh, that was the band wasn't it yeah, that, that, was, was the album. that was the band that was definitely the band sorry sorry i'm, I'm not making fun of myself that's, I'm, I'm, you should check out like de- the track deadly sinners is one of the best metal songs <laughs> of all time no i'm only make, mostly making fun of myself because i never never got into metal like the, what's the hardcore the heaviest thing you'd listen to? Well, because I... Yeah, yeah. Area yeah. 7. The, the, yeah, fuck yeah. The chunky bits in Boston's now. <laughs> nah, well, yeah, because I was, like, very uh, pop-punkish. So, yeah. um I followed all the fat wreck and that. Good. So, I would kind of follow their harder... Be- like, it's not really hardcore, but, you know, like, Good Riddance, yeah. Sick of It All, the ones... Are, like, I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Sick of It All are a hardcore band. You know? yeah. But that's as, like... Because that's how it was back then. You just... Because the compilations were huge, you know, in yeah. the late nineties. You just had to listen to what you had to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, and you you would go by label. But um, anyway, back to you, to, <laughs> back to your life. But that's it's interesting you say how young you started because that answers my follow up question pretty much. Because I was going to say, ask like, did you ever think? <laughs> you'd be in radio and I guess it looks like you did <laughs> to be honest though not really like like kind of but it's it's more like I've, I've always loved music and I was always 
real bad at school. Like it's kind of like, I don't know how deep you want to get, but like I only kind of really got diagnosed recently with like not severe autism, but like definitely on the spectrum of autism, which explains so much about why I did so badly in school is because I can't be taught things, but yeah, I, can, I, can, I can teach myself anything. Like I, I can, Asperger's. yeah, <laughs> I, I can literally learn anything, but I can't like, like school. I, I was real, real bad in school. I knew I was smarter than like the kids who were getting like A's, but I just like, I could not process that. And so like, I always wanted to be in, no, like I always wanted to be a music, but I, I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. Yeah. I can obviously talk some shit and I can pick a good song. And so I was just like radio, I just kind of fell into as sort of a, yeah, I, re- I remember the very first day of year seven, I went to private Catholic boys school and I had like suit and blazer and tie and leather shoes and all that shit on. I remember walking in the very first day and I went, I'm not spending my life in a cubicle wearing a suit. Like, mm. like, like yeah. no, no disrespect to anyone who wants to do that. That's cool. If that's your life and you want to live your life that way and that makes you happy, sick, but that made me miserable. And so I was just kind of like, whatever I can do to kind of stay out of it. And so I think my entire life is based around the idea of like, like I'm currently sitting here in a Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> cutoff. Like, I, I've managed JB Hi-Fi's wearing this, and now I work in the music industry wearing this. Like this is this is as fancy as I get. I don't actually yeah. own a suit. Yeah. <laughs> as a 33 year old man, I don't own a suit, and it's great. You just kind of had that feeling like this is not going to yeah, be for me. It's, yeah, it's it's not my it's not my life. And so like it, yeah, the the short answer to your question is I I knew that I didn't want to do the corporate life, and I, I knew that I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to wear a monkey suit, really. Yeah. And like, what? However, however, that sort of works out for me. You sick. didn't want the nine to five. Now you're doing the ten to midnight, <laughs> ten pm <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried doing the nine to five for like, like, uh, I did like a month working like as a cover shift in Triple J on Earth, just because they needed someone to do like the like a nine to five thing. And like, it's the only time I've ever had a nine to five job because I worked in like retail and shit before that. And I would like get to the weekend and I'd just be like. I'm too tired. I don't want to, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. And the next thing I know it's Monday morning again. I was like, how do people do this for their entire lives? And again, it's no disrespect. It's just, it's not yeah. me. No, I get that. Yeah. You know? And so it's, yeah, it's like I, I, I basically work 24 seven because like, that's, that's just how I function. Well, I remember for ages, I tried to trick myself into the. Up. Oh, another little cut. Last one. I promise. Let's get back into it. Cheers. Actually, something I want to go back to. You were talking about how you went from Sin to to Triple J. You said you recorded a, a demo for the racket. Yeah. So you recorded that demo. What happened from there? Well, I know what happens. <laughs> well, yeah, so they... Did you get it? We want to know. <laughs> so you had to upload, like, your uh, thing onto, like, SoundCloud and send it through to Triple J and, like... Like some people had done it and not said theirs to private. So I kind of had a bit of a sneaky listen to some of the other applications and whatnot. And that was interesting hearing how other people had kind of taken it. But yeah, it literally came down to myself and and Josh, who I did works in theory with and Lachlan Watt. Mm. And so then we had to like put together like a whole show's playlist and like another demo and whatnot. And um, was there some, was there some like, there's some <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that was that was kind of it. It's like, because I, I know metal, but my life has been in, like, punk and hardcore. So that's, like, kind of where I knew a lot more of. And so they, like, they liked me and Josh's presenters, but they liked Lachlan's playlist better, which makes yeah. sense because he spent a lot more of his life in metal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so he obviously got the racket where he is now. And they said, like, we really like his presenters. We want to keep you around. And so they gave us, like, the middle of the night shift doing, like, one till six in the morning. Um, and... 
Yeah, like Josh uh, was also a member for the Greens, and so he's a he's a city council member down in the council of Monash, and like he was gone for like parliament at the same time and so he wasn't allowed to work on triple j while he was doing that so i started doing a lot more sessions by myself and like i've always had a thing that's worked for me throughout my entire life and it's like it's advice that i would kind of give to anyone is like when you when you want to get into somewhere listen and put your hand up for everything so anytime the bosses were just kind of like oh we need someone to cover you know breakfast me do it i'll do it me anyone so i ended up covering like half the shows on triple j except like they needed a weekend (laughs) breakfast host for a couple weeks done i covered house party ones i've kind of like covered like half the half the station just because i could and then they so this would have been like 2014 they dangled the carrot in front of me saying Stu harvey has said it was like may and they've said Stu harvey said that he wants to this year to be his final year, you know, and we're kind of looking at you. And I was like, hundred percent, hundred percent is me. I will do whatever you need. Yeah. And like Josh was still doing radio at the time. And so I think it was like end of October or whatnot. We got the email just being like, you know, congratulations. We want you two to host the show next year. And Josh's reply was, I'm actually moving to England for 12 months. Mm. And I just replied being like, you know that I can do this by myself. I've proven that I can do it by myself. And the boss was like, yeah, hundred percent. It's yours. Yeah. And so it's, awesome. yeah, it was, it was, kind of funny to to think about at that stage because i i had to call a mate of mine back when we were doing sin fm i always told a a mate roy i was like one day i want to punk show on Mm. on triple j and his his words like cut real deep what he said to me but at the same time it's like they became ironically funny as he said you'll never get a punk show on triple j whilst you harvey's there (laughs) and i went i called him up and i was just kind of like remember when you said this to me you're kind of right. Yeah. Like, you just have to be waiting in the wings. Yeah, I've, I, you know, there was probably shit 10 years between those two or something like that. Yeah. So it was like, but yeah. It's kind of a, like, you, you went in for that thing for the racket, which I guess in the back of your mind you maybe thought, I, I could do this, but it's not quite what I want to do. Yeah. And But you've ended up it's kind of exactly where you want to be, but via a kind of longer path. And, that, yeah. and that's just it. It's like, you know, and, and again, like this isn't me trying to talk up myself or like poop on anyone else, but it's like I, I'm certain there is a sort of mindset that people would have where it's like I didn't get the racket, so I'm going to quit or I'm not mm. going to try anything else. It's just kind of like, well, this is something that I still want. I'm going to suck up my own ego. I'm going to do the middle of the night and I'm going to grind. Like you, you yeah. have to, to do this kind yeah. of thing, you have to grind. It's like mm-hmm. the, the music industry is a, is a tough beast to get through. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, if, if you're not going to grind, someone else is. Yeah. But I love that. Cause you weren't like above doing, you're like, you're not above like, Oh, I don't do house music. I don't huh? do dance. music. I, I, you know? I, I, there is like, you know, if you, if you want to get real deep, there was a couple of years where I was like a, like a hard trance DJ as well <laughs> between the ages of like 16 and 19. So, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not above any kind of music. <laughs> do you get any, like, I know there's like some pretty <laughs> shitty politics in all scenes, not just punk. hundred percent. Get anyone like digging that up? Like, oh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not a punk. <laughs> no, nah, I was, I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. And like, and I, I still kind of hold this true to this day is like, I like, I like listening to dance music. Like I fucking love dead mouse. I love yeah. Daft Punk, like that sort of stuff. But like the crowds at those sort of shows were fucking, Oh, just rough. Mm. And like, I, st- I still remember the day that I quit the, the day that I quit DJing, I was uh, DJing in Metro underage. Cause I would have been, yeah, like 18 maybe at the time. And I'd like, I'd finished my set and I was just kind of hanging out with like a couple of mates, like, you know, like away, but like looking out in the crowd, saw these two is just mouthing off at each other. And I was literally like, a fight's going to break out in three, two, mm. one. One of the dudes punched the other dude in the face and it was just on. I just grabbed my shit and left. Yeah. I was like, nah. It's, and like, it's funny because most people would, a lot of people would associate that with 
punk the beers. Punk, yeah, metal, and, 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 and you don't get you do, but you, not yeah, to say it doesn't. Not like, nearly I was as much. The other week, and people gone psycho for like um, knocked loose and you know. yeah, and and that's just it. It's like yeah, there are there are fights that happen and there are ego in the hardcore and punk scene, but not ever to the extent that I experienced in the dance music scene. Like, like the dance music scene was a very, very violent place. Whereas like the punk scene is, is not for the most part. It's very much like, yeah, people will mosh like there's no tomorrow, but the second someone's on the ground, everyone kind of stops and picks them back up, protects them. Like it's it's more just talking shit behind people's back. (laughs) (laughs) And that I stay the shit out of. (laughs) But it also seems like in terms of the fights and stuff, the punk scene, I, I've found has always been a bit more self-regulating. Yeah. Where if something's happening, there's always people that step in and break it up. Yeah. And, um, things generally don't escalate too far. 100%. I guess there's no... I guess the punk scene is maybe small enough for that to happen, mm. whereas dance music is a, is a, it's a massive big thing. Scene. Yeah. yeah, and you like future music and stuff like that. If a riot breaks out there, you're in so much trouble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, like, yeah, the kind of things I've experienced like at those sort of festivals versus like good things or anything like that, like nothing, like, nothing at all. But speaking of that kind of like snarky talking about, <laughs> do you do you um do you think you you cop a bit of like is the scene pretty cool with like you know or do you get people a bit too cool for Triple J and that sort of thing? Uh, like f- from my experience, everyone's been amazing. I think. And I like I like to see the best in people, so maybe people would see it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, I've never kind of experienced that sort of thing where like, yeah, people poo poo this sort of stuff. Like, any time I've ever met anyone in the festival or anything like that, and it's come up, it's been like real sweet and like, yeah. like even just recently, good things. Like one of my favorite things was like this this like forty five year old dude came up to me. He's just like, my fifteen year old son listens to your show. Would you mind taking a photo? And I was like, fuck yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, like, yeah. like I, it really like fucking warms my heart. Like to hear. Well, even if you. Didn't. I was just going to say, like, anything has that. Like, we have comedians who, like, they're, like, bitter that they haven't risen to the top yeah. in, like, three months. They're like, whoa, it's yeah. all good. And it, it does – that does definitely exist in the punk scene. And, like, you know, I I stay out of a lot of it, but I hear it all and I see it all, especially on, like, Twitter and whatnot. Like, people tend to not really think about, like, who in the scene is, like, listening and who in the scene is watching and all that sort of stuff. And so there are – there is definitely, like, things out there that I'll see just be like, oh, okay, like, that's your real attitude towards yeah. things. And that sucks it's for the most part. It's probably more like when the overseas bands come, there's little <laughs> snarky comments out, oh, that band always gets the support. I remember yeah. I'm from Brisbane and be always be like one or two bands get every support slot. Yeah. But that's just – that's just more like bookers being lazy or like, oh, we had them last time, get them on again, that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I, like, I, I think it's part of that, but it's also the fact that like, because I was literally having this discussion recently and it's the point that is like there needs to be more bookers. It was like the whole thing of like, no, like I mean, we can get into it, but like I... I remember a couple of years ago looking at the the label industry within the the alternative scene, and there was literally two options. There was Resist Records, and there was Unify, and that was kind of it. Like there, there wasn't anything yeah. else. And of course, this, they're going to use their mates. Like, yeah, hundred percent. So it's like when when Unify or Resist are booking shows, they're more likely going to pick their own bands. And I was like, and and it wasn't just for this reason, but I was just kind of like, there is this huge kind of gap that needed to be filled. And rather than like throwing stones and being like, oh, you know. And I like I'd, I'd never say it because I like I love the people that work for Unify. I love the people that work for Resist. But it's like people would be like, "Oh fuck these places." But I was like, "Well, then do something about it." And so that's mm. why like myself and Ash Hull started Grayscale Records is because like, well, we can do something about it. So it's like it is the same sort of thing. It's like if you want if you want to see more bands booked, if you want to see more shows of like a certain variety, if you want to mm. see that, 
do it. Like no, yeah. like no one's stopping you from doing it. Like everyone thinks that there's the and to to a certain extent there are gatekeepers in like certain things, but it's like there's no one stopping you from building your own stage. Mm. Like like literally you have the tools. There's like the internet can tell you how to do everything. Send a couple of emails, you can book your own show, and then you can start your own thing, and well, you can book whoever you want. I think I found it interesting. Like I guess coming from the punk scene and playing in bands and stuff, and then starting to do comedy was that in comedy it was much more. Oh, this is these are the shows, and you've got to try and get on them, mm. and don't do your own thing. And it's kind of been a massive shift in the last five years of people going like, "Oh, you can actually book your own shows," which you've kind of been doing, Goxie. Which yeah. just book a show, people will come. Yeah. If you want to see something a bit different, like I guess uh, uh, I think it's comedian Gary Goldman from the states. Like he's like, you know, make the thing you want to see. Yeah. Like, and it's such a it's like such a simple but kind of empowering statement. Like. I don't think a lot of people really realize it. And I don't think I realized it for a long time as well. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's like, and, and I think that, you know, we talk about the man and the powers that be in terms of like some conspiracy theory, but it's like the, the people at the top do survive based on the fact that people don't think about these things, mm. you know, like, like it's like they stay in control because people think, Oh no, it's, I can't do that. And mm. it's just like, there is town halls everywhere. There's public spaces everywhere. There is a pub on every corner. Like there's new venues coming up all the time. Just book one. Like, mm. like, like <laughs> literally just do that. I mean, marketing and, and getting it is hard. Don't get me wrong. Like that's, that is the hard part of it. And getting people to care in this day and age is, freaking difficult <laughs> but it's like if if you want it and you care about it like it'll happen mm. and you know yeah, it just it again it comes back to that thing i was saying earlier. it's just like it's the grind like you have to grind yeah i think that's the thing that i think especially now like yeah you're compete everyone's attention is so like competing like you've got mm. to really compete for people's attention it's, yeah it's crazy yeah 100%. particularly online <laughs> yeah like have you found that goxie with like your stuff like putting it out there like yeah, it was just I was just like I want to I want to do something where it's like all right, people know that's you, you know? Like where it's yeah. not just like oh, this guy's doing it as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's I think that's a really important thing is like it's you've you've got to have something that's your own. Like I like I always kind of love using this uh, as an example. Like one of uh, a good friend of mine Owens, an amazing photographer. I remember meeting him five or six years ago thereabouts and like saw his shots and you know my brain goes oh, there's, there's nothing really to write home about here like there is just like there's a lot of other photographers doing that like, like not I didn't say this to his face obviously and like I'd, I'd say that to him now it's like at the time he hadn't really found what was his and like I was, I was following him on Instagram and I remember like one day he posted a shot of like a, like a wrestler doing this amazing suplex and there was all this negative space and I'd never seen a wrestling photo like this before and I messaged him and I was like dude fuck music photography, go and do this. Like, <laughs> like, like literally forget about the music scene, go and take these photos. And like literally like within, I think about three weeks, he like, he was telling me he like, he'd booked like promo photos with all these wrestlers who were paying him gigs because like there weren't any other photographers in the wrestling scene. And his yeah. photos just stepped up because he had this new area that was just his. He was going on tour with wrestlers and then he applied what he'd learned there to the music scene. And now his music photos are fucking incredible too. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally because he didn't just try and follow this path. He found a new path, stepped outside, carved his yeah. own way. And then he comes back and he's made, like I said, it's like, I, I cannot speak highly enough about his photos these days because he has learned and he's grown and he's developed something that like no one else developed because no one else was shooting these wrestlers and i reckon if you surround yourself with those people from things that aren't the thing you do mm. that pushes you to 
get better at your own thing. 100%. Because, like, I go along to footy training and it's bloody hard, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I can't keep up with these guys. And I'm like, all right, I'm shit at footy, but I'm going to have a better crack at comedy. But, um, anyway, Josh, uh, like, it's great to hear about uh, the, the music stuff. Can you tell us a little bit behind the Josh that we don't know? Is there some other stuff you're into? Um, I'm a huge nerd. Like, a fucking, like a fucking the, the world's biggest nerd. Like... Uh, he, he is wearing glasses right now. <laughs> I that. But I, like, I, I'm talking like, like Warhammer 40,000 playing, but not just playing, like, like reading the backstory. Like I am 26 books deep into a 50 odd book series on the Warhammer lore at the moment. <laughs> Magic, the gathering, I have Transformers tattoos. I have Star Trek and Star Wars tattoos, like, like a fucking massive, massive nerd. And, and like, and again, I think it kind of, you know, it kind of plays into a lot of you know, who I am. It's sort of like I knew, I knew from a very young age that I was different. Couldn't figure out why. Obviously, like, you know, with years of therapy, I figured out exactly why. But, like, always kind of just owning the person that I am. Like, I've always just been a fucking huge nerd. Like, like I, I love all that sort of stuff. Like, sci-fi, fantasy, all that sort of yeah. shit is, like, yeah, it, it holds a very special that's place a, in my heart. That's an awesome feeling to just be like, yeah, like, mm. I'm not, this is who I am, you know? Because, mm. like, I had this bit of a, like a freak out in my early 20s of like because I was like collecting vinyls and DVDs and I like that I was like a, such a recluse and I was like freaked out I was like I had got rid of it all I was like I gotta try and be more sociable <laughs> but then like looking back it's not that it was wrong I probably needed some sort of middle ground <laughs> but yeah that's awesome to hear you say that <laughs> yeah it's I, I think it's really really important and it's like again it, it comes back to what we were saying earlier it's just like you know the, the society that we live in thrives on people not feeling good enough and people like trying to fit in. So they've got to buy the fucking $200 pair of shoes and they've got to buy this and they've got to buy that rather than just being like, well, like, you know, if, if you like wearing shoes from Kmart, fucking wear, wear shoes yeah. from Kmart. That's sick. Like own it, <laughs> own it and be yourself. And, and like, I think that's, that again, it probably makes up for about half the reason why I'm here. Nothing wrong with Kmart, by the way. There's not. It's like I'm saying. It's like Josh is just flexing, saying companies because he's not able to on an ABC. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here to endorse Kmart. You can buy from Target if you like, or Big W, oh, or Lowe's, or however you want. Thank you. But it's yeah, it, it very much is. It's like yeah, it's it's finding what you like and. And again, like I said, this is so much easier said than done, but it's like not giving a shit what other people think about it. You know, as people are going to have their Hell opinions, yeah. like whether you want them to or not. <laughs> so it's like, that's it. And that's why, like, you know, I'm the fucking huge nerd. Like I said, it's, you know, it's half the tattoos I have are just nerdy, nerdy tattoos because I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good, man. Um, I guess you were talking a bit about like kind of creating your own things like you've now got the label with ash like mm. that's been a few years now as well right it's three and a half yeah our, our birthday is like august 3rd or august 5th it's around there um yeah we we had like a, a big like three year celebration at the corner hotel and had a whole bunch of our bands play and like awesome. yeah it's 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 been a ride mm. <laughs> that's for sure that's probably like how you said radio you started quite early mm. but label is probably a thing where you've Never thought you would have, and you've kind of gotten into that, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, and no. Like it's it's uh, again, like because in school, like I just never paid attention, like ever. I just couldn't, and I had like notebooks full of shit. And back when I was like getting real into dance music, I met some really young dance producers. Like there was a an act called Lou D, uh, who I still remember to this day, and another one called uh, Temperance and Virtue. 
and they were just young producers from Melbourne. And I was like, this is, this is, and they'd send me their songs and I'd be like, this is sick. And so my brain went into like, like again, full autist mode. And I broke down, I like created business plans for like entire, like, you know, I was like, this is how I could promote this. I found like, mm-hmm. you know, pressing plants to press the vinyl. I like, I did all this stuff. I did everything apart from actually like, Do I it. basically <laughs> organized a label when I would have been like, 15 years old maybe but yeah I just never pulled the trigger on it so I have like notebooks full of plans and full of sums and full of equations and full of like like breaking down these systems and then building the systems back up again well, it but seems like, like it's, most young labels would be the other way they just start the label yeah. without doing any of that yeah, stuff <laughs> like, like my brain my brain just does that in the background I'm like okay cool I have this and then like I through like radio and whatnot I developed all these contacts and I and I realized that I had a lot of people who were like paying attention to what I was listening to and all that sort of stuff. And like, I've been on like chain emails with like some of the biggest names in the alternative industry, like, like heads of like Epitaph records, nuclear blast records, just like, yeah, just, uh, okay. Like we're all here 15 together. 15 year old cool. me is just like, hell dude, yeah. I'm, dude, 33 year old me is still sweating about it. But I was like, I was all Epitaph. Fat <laughs> yeah. All that. But I was like, I, I want to do something more. I want to do more for the young Australian scene because, like, I like the more I do Short Fuss, the more I fall in love with like young Australian acts because there's yeah. so much good fucking music here. Mm. And then uh, at the time, like, I'd I think I'd met Ash like maybe once or twice or thereabouts. Like, like we were friends on Facebook, but like, like we never hung out or anything like that. And at the time, he was managing Ocean Grove, and Ocean Grove had just dropped Black Label and it was blowing up for them, and they were doing all sorts of sick stuff. And I kind of. I wanted to kind of sit down with him and kind of pick his brain. So I asked if I could just like take him out for coffee one day and just kind of talk out some things. We meet up. The first thing he says to me is you're starting a record label, aren't you? And I went, well, I don't, I don't know if it's the record label that the industry needs. Like at the time I was like, maybe it's management, maybe it's publicity. Like, like I didn't, I didn't know. I was like picking the brains of a couple of people, but like, yes, yeah, so we, we talked things out for a while and, and nothing really came of it, but about, it must've been like six months go past. And he like just called me up one day out of the blue uh, and he like, like doesn't even say, Hey, it's just like, I reckon we should start a record label. And I went, <laughs> all right, let's meet up for a coffee again. <laughs> and so I hung up the phone, I pulled out my notebooks and again, went to full artist mode and wrote pages and pages of plans and ideas. And, and we broke down the whole business and everything like that. And then we met, I still remember we met upstairs at like the, the beer garden at the corner hotel. And he sits down and I open up my notebook and he just looks at me. He's like, we're starting a record label, aren't we? It's like, I think we're starting a record label. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was kind of how that happened. It's sort of like, yeah, it, again, it was never like a plan, but yeah, it, it was never something I said, yeah, no, one day I'm going to start a record label, but I, I had planned it without even really meaning to. And then it just sort of happened at the right time. Like it was, yeah, it took. It sounded like both of you were at the point where it's like, this just needs to be the next natural progression for you yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so it's, he's, you know, like, yeah, he's young, but most people feel like, you know, not everyone forgets, but like he's been in the music industry for 10 years himself. Like he's been running shows since he was 14. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's killing it himself. He has been So you know, between us, there's 30 years in the music industry experience. Like, like yeah. we know a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got a couple of contacts and like, yeah, I, I think that, has you really... sound more switched on than a lot. Like Solo was saying before, <laughs> a lot of people, it begins with like, I like bands. I can <laughs> run away. It's like, it's that quick link of like, I like bands. Oh. I can run away. You know? if, if you can do it though, do it. Like there, there are so many cool, like young labels as well, like Last Ride Records and Life Layer Regret and like P Records yeah. and whatnot, who are like, 
just indies doing their thing, just putting it out for the love of it. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I don't think those labels have any intentions on being the next, you know, universal music or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they're like, you know, they could be Bridge Nine. You know, they, they mm-hmm. could be those like those sick indie hardcore labels sure. that people look to. Like, they're always sending me stuff that's always sick that I'm like, yeah. this is fucking, this is really, really cool. So it's like, yeah, there, there are kind of different labels, but the way that we've always kind of looked at Grayscale is like, we want a DIY attitude with major aspirations. Is mm-hmm. sort of like how we break it down it's like we want to do things the right way for our artists and making sure that they're taken care of and like grow we, we didn't expect to grow as fast as we have because we've grown so much faster than we thought we would but it's like yeah it's it's fine going along for the ride better to, yeah better to go forward than backwards yeah 100%, 100%. um so we've got a bit of a tradition here and i'm all ears all right. where, um, I'm, well i'm all ears to hear yeah. tradition. um so for our I don't think we asked the comedians, but for our non-comedian guests, we, me, me and Solo both being comedians Fair. ourselves, yep. we like to get the guests' uh, thoughts on comedy in general, how they see it. Do you? Because some pe- people see comedians like, well, why, what, what, why are they trying to be funny? Fuck <laughs> off! Like, just thinking, uh, firstly, how do you see comedy and? If you like it, what are you into? <laughs> I fucking love, love stand-up comedy. Like, like particular types of it. Like, I think it's like some of my favorites would be like uh, Eddie Azard. I'm a huge, huge fan of Eddie Azard. I've seen him live a couple of times. Uh, Bill Burr is brilliant as well. But it's like, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I get, I get so much of my news from um, fucking Seth, whatever his name is. It does like the late <laughs> night. Um, oh yeah, um, Seth Myers. Seth Myers, yeah. yeah. Like he's really. Seth, I mean, I get a lot of news from Seth Rogen as well, but yeah, I like Seth Myers. It's like funny that Seth com- Green. No, <laughs> no, sorry. Like comedians have become like you know, and, and you know, there, there's different types of it, but there are those comedians who have become like a, a link to the political world to get people who aren't into politics mm. interested because they can deliver the facts in a you know mm. in a funny way but he's kind of like oh it's it's funny seeing that shift of of people like Seth Martin like a lot of the late night hosts in America like making these political commentaries and then you've got you know those who do things a bit more seriously but yeah I like I'm I'm I am a very very big fan of stand-up comedy and, and <laughs> being being a a punk dude did you did you ever go the kind of Henry Rollins Jello Biafra sort of thing I've, I've I've listened to every single Henry Rollins <laughs> CD there is I've got every single one of his DVDs <laughs> like I've I've met most of my heroes in my life and I've never really been starstruck but I don't know what I would say to Henry Rollins like like mm. if I got down with a microphone in front of him I think I'd just be like oh, I love <laughs> yeah. you. it's funny like that eh? where you got that level is like okay they're big but they're still a person. Yeah. And then you've just got that. Yeah. Like, like level. yeah, <laughs> like, like I've made friends with so many bands that I used to listen to as a kid. So many bands that I've got tattooed to me. Like, mm. like, <laughs> like so many things where it's just kind of like, I, I'm pretty good at just being like, no, no, you're just another person. Like we can, we can just talk like people, but yeah, it, like Henry Rollins is just my kind of level of like, again, like if I'm living a life trajectory, it's like his, like, like I would love to be on the road writing books, like, like, you know, doing mm. all the shit that he yeah. does. Like that's my idea of, and he, and again, like I think me and him would have a similar sorts of like work ethics. Like he doesn't stop ever. Like he does not stop. I was like, I, same sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I just I can't stop. I think off. I was watching uh, Jackass movie the other week and he was in a, <laughs> yeah. one, of, those, one yeah. of the pranks. Yeah. He's, she's driving the Humvee with a tattoo in the back of it. Yeah. So good. And so yeah, he does not stop. Yeah. <laughs> 
I yeah. did not expect to see that. I'm I'm tuning in to see Steve O and Bam and yeah. and there's Henry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's he has such a good attitude towards it where he's just kind of like 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 especially when it came to his acting career where he's like, um I uh, my brain just totally farted for a second there. Just <laughs> to his acting career, where he's just kind of like, you know what? I'm not very good at it, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to make it happen. And he's like seriously, seriously committed to this career, and he's like kills it. Like whenever I've seen him anything, it's just kind of like, yeah, he's really good at what he does. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and like obviously, you know, bands are pretty witty. A lot of them. There's it's a lot true. of humor it's in true. punk, and it's true. <laughs> Guys like Brendan Murphy, counterparts, always yeah. a good time. Life. Do you, um, you know the Lawrence Arms dude? He's pretty, yeah. He's got like. Funny Twitter account. Yeah, and stuff and yeah. He's the one that has the. Is he the one that has Nihilist Arby's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nihilist yeah. Arby's is the fucking funniest Twitter account f- ever. And I think I, I think he actually works for Onion at one point. Nice. Right? Yeah. 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 I think Keith Buckley does and some stuff like Hard, hard Times. Time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's a, uh, there's a what is it? Um, two minutes to late night. There's like a. Uh, uh, two minutes to midnight. The, the, the one with um the black metal late night show. Yeah, with uh, Ben Collar from Converge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just like such a great. Like, I, I don't know how many people would get it, but <laughs> I, I guess that scene is big enough in the States to sort of support it. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know if something like that would get off. I here. don't, yeah, I don't think it would, but mm. it's still pretty funny. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's like a fair bit of crossover. I think um, when Lachlan was away on the racket, mm. um, Mitch Alexander, he's a comedian. Yeah. Hosted for a bit. So yeah. yeah. And he's very funny. He's he's a, he's a great host. Yeah. I think that was for me. I was in bands for a long time and then just like, I just like saying the stuff in between songs yeah. more than actually playing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just it as well. It's like you want, there. I mean, there are certain bands that you don't want to talk. You just want to hear them play. And there are other bands where it's just kind of like, oh yeah. Like, like I think seeing like Real Big Fish years ago, back when Aaron was still in the band and like the back and forth between like the, the vocalist and like the, the horn section especially was just brilliant like, like really really freaking entertaining we're just kind of like yeah you can keep talking i don't care <laughs> my favorite band they're called the mountain goats he's the singer john Darnell. he's like great mm. great wit but he's like sometimes goes on these huge long rounds but he's like uh, i can't even do that i can't he's <laughs> written, written a few books as well right yeah yeah unfortunately i don't know the attention span to read books <laughs> that's just like if i had to explain how bad i am with reading books, I couldn't even read my favorite artist's book. <laughs> so that's more on me, John, if you're listening. But I, <laughs> I reckon you could, though, maybe. You've just got to find a book that works. Because, that was again, it was my thing as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my- I'm just ruined by the internet. Like yeah. it's, it's a fantastic thing, but just short, shitty little articles. I can't yeah. hold my... I was telling you before about... Um, going into Wikipedia yeah. rabbit holes. Because, like, that just suits me. Like, short, sharp <laughs> paragraphs. And... You can go from but, subject to But if you to link site. enough Wikipedia articles together, it's like yeah, a book. you've got the you've book. Read, you've read it, yeah, 100%. It's but that was like, book. yeah, my, my experience as a kid, like I was never much of a reader as a kid because my whole experience was like the, the books that they get you to read in school, which were all shit. Like, yeah. and, they were like cause, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this because reading sucks. Except goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until, yeah, I was probably like in my 20s that I started like picking books for myself. And now I'm like a huge reader just because like, yeah, I can like, oh, I want to read, you know, fantasy fiction about Warhammer 40,000. I'm going to fucking read. Well, technically, Warhammer 30,000, but we won't get into that. Um, but yeah, so it's like finding the book that works for you, mate. I believe in you. I do. Look at the faith. <laughs> like nerd is the new core because it's yeah. that like, Going against the expectation to it's be, punk. To be it's a nerd, nerd is totally punk. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah, like I think uh, Dexter from The Offspring's a scientist. Yeah, 
Milo from the Descent. Milo's and- a scientist, yeah. And like, like most really like heavy hardcore bands play Magic the Gathering, like you wouldn't believe. Like, mm. like so, like so, I, I could out so many nerds right now, but like a lot of like the real tough hardcore dudes <laughs> get off stage, get in the bus, play Magic the Gathering. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well. Thank you for coming to meet with us today. It pleasure. was awesome pleasure. to have you chat. What what's coming up next for you and the label and everything? Oh Jesus. Uh, too much. Too like, much. Too, too much. Like this year is looking mental for the next six months. Like, yes, yeah, there's not a lot that I can say, but yeah. uh, like, like, yeah, like a lot of our bands have said that they're recording like Alpha Wolf recording, Justice of the Dander recording. Like depends on when this comes out. Maybe we'll have announced those albums by then. I don't know, but like, cool. um, yeah, we've got a couple of new signings. We've got a very big signing happening around the corner. Again, may happen before this podcast comes out. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it's uh, exponential growth beyond what we thought was possible by not even four years into this label. So it's it's pretty freaking exciting, I must say. It's, yeah, it's been awesome to hear about it. It's such an interesting pop, journey. Yeah, bit of pop punks and scar for guys <laughs> like me. Ash would never let me sign a scar band. Like, it's, we, we've got this thing which has worked very, very well for us. It's either we both say yes to a band or we don't sign them. It doesn't matter yeah. how how excited I am. If Ash isn't excited, we don't sign them, and same the other way around. So unfortunately, scar will probably we never take place in the short in that's, the grayscale world because uh, Ash would never let it happen. That's a, that's the same as the I'm Oli is guest policy. Sellers <laughs> so uh, knocked back a few of my requests. Doesn't want Sam Newman apparently. But... No, no, I'm just. He's been doing the circuit. Sam Newman, the podcast circuit. Um, great. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, it's so. Uh... Great to hear your passion for what you do. My pleasure, mate. It's my pleasure. Also, thanks for saying yes to coming on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Anytime. Anytime. Right. Oxy, uh, as we say every week on all on all ears, we don't have a thing. Um, <laughs> what should we, should we just, as we always say, I'm all, all ears. ears. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought of that then. All right, thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Like Bye. and subscribe. <laughs>